It's a new year, but has the broadcast industry yet been able to turn the page on the great resignation? How is hiring still impacted, especially among producers, on-air journalists, anchors, and even news directors? I'm Michael Depp, editor of TV News Check, and this is Talking TV, the podcast that brings you smart conversations about the business of broadcasting. Today, a conversation with Gary Brown, a former SVP of content for Meredith and now CEO and owner of Talent Dynamics, which does placement for TV stations and networks as well as talent coaching. We'll be talking about the job market dynamics for key newsroom positions in 2023, who has leverage, and how they're using it. We'll be right back with that conversation. Talking TV is brought to you by Futuri, whose post for TV podcasting system is specifically designed for the needs of TV broadcasters. Post for TV makes going from newscast to podcast an effortless transition. It enables broadcasters to create, publish, analyze, and monetize both broadcast on demand and original podcast series from the same platform. Post for TV is a powerful system for capturing podcast opportunities in a turnkey fashion. It ingests and automatically edits newscast audio for optimum fidelity and publishes blocks or full newscasts to on-demand audio platforms. You can learn more about Post for TV at futurimedia.com slash post for TV. Welcome, Gary Brown, to Talking TV. Thank you. Nice to be with you. Gary, is the local TV industry still struggling with recruitment and getting recent graduates into the business as we kick off 2023? I, I think there's no absolute answer there, but I would say it's still not the way it was. So I would say yes. It depends, though. It depends on the location of the station, lots of different things. Here's what we know. The amount of journalists coming out of J schools has decreased over the years. So you have students graduating from school and getting jobs in like top 30 markets as producers, very, you know, with, you know, good experience, but not, they don't have a couple of sets of call letters after, after the graduation, right? You know, so um, it is, um, it is still very challenging. You, uh, broadcasters, when they're hiring, they have to move very quickly. Mm -hmm. uh, days of waiting a week are gone. <laughs> right, right. One of the bi biggest shortages that stations and groups uh -huh. seem to have is with producers. Um, how bad is that? It's bad. It's a challenge. Um, it's been a challenge pretty much, I'd say, the last year or so. Um, and it continues to be. There had, I mean, it. Depending who you talk to, you get lots of different answers, right? Uh, some groups have just decided, well, maybe we don't need as many producers as we had in the past, or that stations have to get used to not having as many. Um, others are still being very aggressive, offering sign-on bonuses, increasing pay um, to to attract them. Um, but it is. It is definitely not fixed. I don't think it will be fixed for quite some time, to be honest, because it starts at the uh, college level, getting people interested in producing. Mm -hmm. 
Well, and and obviously they're finding some problems with their perception of that that position. What what are those problems? What are they seeing as problematic going into it, or are they being warned off? I wouldn't say they're being warned off. I would say maybe they are, you know, uh, the, and I don't want to speak in general senses because I'm sure there are some great journalism schools that are guiding them towards producing TV, but there's also a lot of push to digital, which I understand because that is the future. And so they want to make sure their students are future-proofed, right? Um, so I think you have a lot of them wanting to do these integrated digital marketing production or producer roles, things like that. And linear TV is still, I mean, that, 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 linear tv and producing newscast be it streaming be it on tv be it wherever we still need those people mm -hmm. and I, maybe i should walk back uh warned off as a phrase but maybe just getting a more realistic uh, uh picture of what the job entails and that job is really hard isn't it? it's a very stressful job a lot of demands and maybe not a lot of uh gratitude all the time well you know, it, it, it's interesting because I started as a producer in Steubenville, Ohio, right out of college, um, but that was before computers. I'm aging myself um, and, and, you know, having to back time the old fashioned way. Uh, it's it's interesting because now with automation, it has made shows much more consistent and easier on the tech side to do. But a lot of the coding and the controls and the cues you have to put in have fallen on the producers to do. And producers are making their own graphics now in a lot of cases and a lot of places and not just writing a show. And they're doing that a lot of times where, you know, 10 years ago, you might've had a writer or associate producer assigned to each newscast. There might be none of that now. So that producer is taking care of a whole show and then doing, creating their own graphics making sure all the commands are in there for the automation. And, uh, you know, it's a lot. It's a lot. And I'm not taking anything away from anyone else involved. But in, in many cases, too, those producers are having to make decisions on content, especially after hours, weekends, nights, where they're making the column, do they cover this story or not, in some cases? And does it go on the show? It's interesting that you frame automation, which is generally kind of touted as a positive for news production, as somewhat onerous, or at least a mixed bag for producers, that it's not all gravy once you can automate something. In fact, there is uh, maybe an additional burden that falls on producers to, to have to accommodate what automation demands. Well, I mean, when, when I produced, we couldn't make our own graphics. It wasn't possible. <laughs> Now it is, <laughs> and it's like, careful what you wish for. And I understand why they do it. And in some ways, there are probably some producers that like it because they own it, it's theirs. They don't have to rely on someone else doing it and possibly making a mistake. But there's just, the producing job has changed and evolved quite a bit. It's more than, you know, writing X amount of scripts and line, putting a lineup and making sure the tapes get cut. They're editing video in a lot of cases, their teases and things like that too. It's a lot, and in many cases, producing hour long shows as well. And so um, I'm not trying to take it easier to give them an out, but it. I, I think we've all come to the realization 
we've asked them to do a lot. We're asking them to do a lot. Let's talk about anchors. It mm -hmm. seems that their negotiating positions are not quite the same as they used to be. How has that changed? Well, I would say this. There's, you know, generally speaking, um, our talent, uh, we call them, we would always say recruiters. Are they recruiters? Are they going to bring people, when they see them on TV, are they going to make people change the channel to you, right? That's what ultimately, you love to have that. There's some, in many places, there are still anchors that have that ability, but it's not like it was. And, um, and I think every market, there could be one person who does have that ability. So um, I wouldn't say they, they don't have it. It just, it varies, but generally speaking, it's still very important. I don't want to diminish that because the average viewer, how do they relate to TV? They, it's who they like, who they see. And then hopefully those people have, you know, a team behind them that covers the right news, does it the right way, right? All those things. But, you know, it's like, if you don't have good anchors, are people going to watch you? Because they're the right. first thing you see, right? So it, it's important. But I think that the reality is they don't, the, the jobs don't pay like they used to. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I always would tell people when they would ask me about what's my future and stuff. It's like, look, you got to get into this because you love it. It's not to get rich. Doesn't mean you can't have a really good career and a really good life and a really good lifestyle if you stay in it long enough. But if you're looking to be the star and million dollar contracts and stuff like that. Well, I, I personally don't see that going forward. Well, here's, here's the part of the conversation where a thousand anchors have pricked up their ears and are listening carefully. So let's talk about salaries. What What is the outlook for their salaries going into 2023? Is it, are they going down demonstrably? Are they flat? I, I would say flat. Some groups are trying to, because of the great resignation, are trying to make sure that they they give people proper increases and um, have budgeted for that from what I hear. But I, I think it's, you know, you know, everyone's cognizant of everything is more expensive right now. So you don't want to leave people hanging that way. I do think you, I do think though, I wouldn't say you're going to see 10% raises or anything like that. I mean, the average has been kind of what, 2%, I would say. It doesn't mean there's someone who couldn't get a 5% raise. Some companies do it based off of merit, not, you know, what you bring to the table and what you do every day. But I, I, I think I would say probably flattening. I don't think it's going backwards. I haven't heard of that. There might be a one-off case here or there, but I think it's more flat to slightly up or, you know, depending on the group and the station, some places it might be like, hey, you're getting a 4% raise. Mm -hmm. I haven't seen those in quite a while. Since the pandemic, particularly on-air journalists seem to be more insistent on a work-life balance. How are you seeing that play out as positions are opening up? It's very important. I mean, people are turning down jobs. When I started in the business, I knew I'm going to have to work places I never thought I would live because I needed to do that, build that path for myself. 
but man, we when we talk to people both on air, off air, it's well, I don't know if I want to go there, even though it's a great job and a great market, and that'd be a huge move for them. It's well, I kind of have my mindset on this, or I don't want to work mornings, I don't want to work weekends, and to me, that's just like. Yes, I shouldn't be surprised by it, but I'm just like, but this is a really good job and a really good opportunity to eventually get you to a point where you don't have to work those shifts. And these are not people that have 10 years of experience saying this either. Right. So it's very important. Um, and I think that's, you know, something the hiring managers and news directors and general managers have to deal with on a daily basis, especially with recruiting. It's very interesting. It seems like it's a generational shift. I mean, millennials sort of look at this aghast saying, who the hell do you think you are kind of <laughs> attitude? Whereas Gen Z is like, I'll tell you who I am. So, I mean, do, 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 do is it the people coming into the industry just see themselves as having sufficient options both within and outside? And, and actually, I should say not even just coming into the industry, but people who are there, but only there for a few years, they see that they have more options than they did in the past. They can either stay in TV and find other jobs or their adjacent jobs and, and, and enough of them um, that they can dig their heels in. They can afford to have that, that position. Maybe, but I also think it's just, this is where, how I believe and if I'll wait. And they're in a position they think they can wait, they'll wait. Mm -hmm. uh, um, it, it, it's, I can't say one way or the other really what it, what what's driving and it's just kind of a it's a thing right now and well, are they right? i mean do they has this given them leverage and and they dig their heels in and tv stations are capitulating i would you know probably some have because if they really like the person maybe they will um i think but then if you capitulate there then we'll, i always would look at it this way okay if they're this way when you're trying to hire them then how are they going to be as an employee? And I, and I would say this, what I would tell people is this is not just a career or a job. It's really a lifestyle when you think about it. Because uh, you think, you know, when first responders go into things, we're right there with them, covering them, right? <laughs> and when bad things happen, we don't stay off the roads when there's a blizzard. We go to work <laughs> to show people what's happening during the blizzard. And so... I think that, the, the, again, just my opinion, some people, it's just a job and you can be fine, just a job. The people that excel really realize, I want to be there when the big story is happening. So it is a lifestyle. And sometimes those big stories happen on holidays, weekends, nights, overnights, and I don't care. I'll be there. I want to be there when it's happening or talent that's like when it's on when it's happening i want to be the face of the station i want to be there to serve well, the viewers with regards to this negotiating position that they do or don't have uh, or they perceive themselves having is the recession that is all but here going to throw cold water on this dynamic this year possibly i mean when i was a talent agent i try to keep my clients from having contracts come up in odd years because there's no political no uh, Olympic revenue. Mm -hmm. So I knew the raise you get is going to be lower than it potentially in an even year. And I would really try to steer them away from that. And um, so 
you know, if someone's job searching this coming year, I think, could they be leaving money on the table doing it now versus waiting till 24? Possibly. Um, I think there's still there's still so many jobs, there's still so many pent up openings that stations have and MMJs, things like that. I think that those there's still going to be demand, there's still going to be a marketplace. Um, maybe come summer, depending on is this recession, how bad is it, how deep is it, kind of thing. You know, what's it what's it doing to the industry as far as revenue? That may affect some things, but you know, right now, I I think especially producers. Uh, I I haven't heard of anyone saying we're in a hiring freeze and we won't hire a producer yet. So, I think there's still going to be there's still there's still um, going to be demand. Do you want to hazard any other predictions for hiring dynamics that might change this coming year, this year that we're in? Oh. No, because, you know, I don't think anything we've seen this year is going to go away next year. I mean, MMJs and the largest of markets, that's MSS, MSJs, MMJs, whatever you want to call it, that's here to stay. Um, in the largest of markets, I think, um, you know, a realization, too, that talent, especially anchors, have to be working journalists. Now more than ever, you're seeing in a lot of places where there's an expectation. Yeah, you might anchor the six and eleven, but we still want you reporting more than four times a year. I think that's very big, and I do think something we've started to see in some places is the community, the community involvement expectation, and that piece of it. Mm -hmm. um, what do you mean by that? I think people expect. Their the the on air people to be involved in the community. I think just being an anchor, anchoring, being a very good anchor, anchoring shows and stuff is great. But they want to see you. They always have this fascination of what's behind the curtain, so to speak. They want to see you in their community. They want to be able to interact with you. Maybe it's pent up from COVID and restrictions and stuff. But I think that plays an important role that you have to be involved in the community. You have to be. Um, is that is that going to meetings, going just into neighborhoods and, and talking to people that you see on the street and coffee shops, et cetera? Or, or is that like in, involved in, in structured activities? I think it's all the above. I think for a TV station to be successful, you have to be that community involvement piece is more important than ever. Because um, you see all these fractures <laughs> around us, so I think um, I think local TV is comfort food to some some degree, and there's an expectation that we represent our community, we feel our you know all those things, and the stations that get that, and I think you've seen some stations add like community affairs. They may call it something different, but it's essentially the old school community affairs director. Um, really helping make sure that they are in those touch, doing those touch points. Okay. Well, interesting. We'll see how that plays out this year. Gary Brown, CEO and owner of Talent Dynamics. Thanks so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. 
And remember that a new episode of Talking TV is available most Fridays. You can watch our whole back catalog of episodes at tvnewscheck.com and on our YouTube channel, where you can also like and subscribe. See you next time. A new episode of Talking TV is available most Fridays on tvnewscheck.com. You can also listen and subscribe on YouTube, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and Spotify. Thank you.